Alrighty, well hey everyone, let's get in and talk about the 10 trending articles in the crypto news space as selected by yours truly. Uh, first things first, thanks to all those who have subscribed and links to everything can be down in the description. So without uh, wasting anybody's time, let's get in and talk about Maker a little bit. Uh, it's value locked breaches $1 billion. But there's there's a caveat to that. So, MakerDAO, uh, the foundational project of decentralized finance on Ethereum, hit a new all-time high for total value locked, or TVL, in its vaults. According to data from DeFi Pulse, the value of collateral locked in MakerDAO vaults is now significantly above the $1 billion mark following a steep ascent that began on July the 22nd. Uh, most of that growth is due to the powerful price rally of Ether, which is still the most used collateral asset for minting DAI. Since July 22nd, the amount of Ethereum locked in Maker rose by 13%, while the US dollar value gained about 60 So yeah, with Ethereum pumping like it is, it's pushing DeFi platforms even higher. Uh, the Maker community voted for two separate proposals to raise the debt ceiling, on Ethereum on the 17th of July and the 20th combined they pushed the amount of dye that could be minted <clears throat> with Ethereum from 160 million to 220 million so but where is all this demand coming from you know maker is creating this dye coin and all this stuff but why so since about the 2nd of July, DAI became the preferred asset to farm comp. Yep. As Cointelegraph previously reported, over $800 million in DAI was at one point borrowed on comp, even though the total DAI supply amounted to just $200 million. So, yeah. Uh, the discrepancy between the two is due to what's called recursive borrowing, and this is why DeFi has been exploding. Uh, comp Farmers, yeah, we're talking about yield farmers, will supply tie to compound and then borrow 75% of the tokens they provided and supply them again, and they repeat this process enough times till they're about three times leveraged, and it boosts compound's total value locked by that much in the process to the point that they're lending, borrowing, lending, borrowing, lending, borrowing, so the total value in all these contracts is $800 million. but... It's only off of a base of 200. So this is why DeFi, while incredibly popular, incredibly um, powerful right now, is kind of fad. And it seems almost scammy to me. I know it's not. Like, people are doing this legitimately and they're earning actual interest and all these things. But you're saying you have 800 million in TVL, but the supply is only 200. And that creates an uh, interesting discrepancy to me. Uh, the true amount of dye locked in compound is currently 139.6 mil, which can be obtained by polling maker's pi function, represented by the dye savings rate, uh, for compound's dye token address on Etherscan. Liquidity pools for other major DeFi projects amount to 23 million. So yeah, that's kind of the problem with this TVL metric. It doesn't actually tell us how much is locked just how much in all these smart contracts does the protocol say is locked 
So while the TVL measurement is much celebrated, it largely fails to paint an accurate usage picture with liquidity mining incentives. Otherwise pointless actions like borrowing the same asset as the collateral suddenly become lucrative. Indeed, this is impossible to do through Compound Standard Interface. In a report published by DAP Radar, Ilya Abrugov shows that just 30 wallets, 30, account for 65% of the supply volume and 73% of the borrowing volume. Uh, so while the industry may be focused on TVL metrics, we can see that a few whale users can create the illusion of activity. I agree with them on this one. You gotta be careful with this DeFi thing. I know it's, it's brand new. It's probably gonna turn into a big thing in the future, but much like anything in the world, especially to do with crypto, there's gonna be a bubble and the bubble's gonna pop. And it's just interesting to gonna be see when and where that happens. So yeah, that's the little bit of DeFi and maker news for the day. Let's hop over to number two. Talk about Cardano and Chainlink. Um, yeah. So, uh, old Charles Hoskinson, CEO of Input Output Hong Kong, uh, he spoke about current projects, progress, and partnerships in the Cardano ecosystem in a one-hour AMA, or Ask Me Anything, session on Saturday. Probably the most exciting news was this possible Chainlink partnership. Uh, one user asked Hoskinson about the progress of Cardano's own Oracle solution, which Chainlink's native Oracle solution is the best in the, sp in the space. Um, but they asked about Cardano's Oracle and the results of the discussion with Chainlink founder Sergey Narazov. Although Hoskinson did not specifically reveal the results of the conversation, he said there would be an official statement on the discussion and partnership in due course. Uh, he also stated Chainlink is a great product and has potential to be more of a comprehensive Oracle solution. Uh, so let me just read this Charles Hoskinson quote, so that way we're getting it from the horse's mouth and not this uh, reporters suppositions we'll make a statement at some point but we had a discussion about Chainlink and it's a great product it can certainly be part of a broader Oracle solution I believe in choice and it is important to give Cardano's users and developers multiple options everything from stable coins to oracles and it will be very cool to see what we can accomplish there uh, what I'm kind of getting from that is Cardano is definitely going to push forward with its own Oracle solution but they'll also integrate Chainlink that's what I get. You can choose between Cardano's or Chainlinks, and you know Cardano might be better in some instances because it's native to the platform, but you might want to use Chainlink because it's linked to multiple other coins and it adds an extra little flair of things. Or it's got a better user interface. I don't know, I'm not a crypto developer. So I do like that Cardano is willing to do that type of thing. We're not just gonna integrate with one, we're gonna integrate with multiple which just means more use cases, more usability. Um, the friendliness with other blockchains means it's easier for things to jump over to Cardano and jump off. And I think that's gonna be really big going forward. Cross-chain communication is gonna be huge. Um, he also touched on his projects in Africa. Uh, yeah, as reported by uh, Crypto News Flash, Cardano Foundation entered into a partnership with the South African National Blockchain Alliance in April to promote the adoption of blockchain technology. Uh, specifically down in Tanzania, they're working with a telecom community company that is building a mesh network related to 4G. The company only recently got funding, so the project is slowly getting started. Um, yeah, and then he touched on what will happen when all 45 billion uh, 
ADAs are in circulation. That's basically what we all assume transaction fees cover the network. Much like how it will happen when Bitcoin, all Bitcoin is eventually mined in whatever far off date in the future that is. So, oh, Chainlink, popping up again. Uh, Chainlink and Cardano are two of the hottest projects in the crypto news space right now, so it makes no sense not to write an article about this. Um, I'm super excited, actually. I think both projects have really good merits, and getting some cross-chain collaboration communication will be huge for both of them, particularly with Shelly for Cardano being just two days away. Oh, yeah. But, all righty, let's jump over to article number three, Twitch. Oh, yeah. So Twitch, which for those of you who don't know, is a major live streaming platform with 15 million daily active users. They're offering subscribers a 10% discount if they pay with crypto. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So the Amazon-owned platform has outpaced rival streaming service YouTube Gaming and now has over 27,000 partner channels. Um, they, that's just partners. So then they have affiliate channels and then just your standard channels. So they've got a lot. Um, and 2.2 million broadcasters monthly. Users can subscribe to partner channels to gain a number of features, including exclusive access uh, to emotes, badges, subscriber-only chat, and more for the channels they follow. It also lets them support their favorite creators. So Twitch now accepts payments via BitPay's crypto processing system. It accepts Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ether, XRP, and then four stable coins, GUSD, USDC, PAX, and BUSD. Oh yeah, Bill Zeikley, BitPay's chief marketing officer, was quoted, uh, We're seeing more online merchants using crypto as a promotional payment form. Twitch is the first major merchant to jump on this trend. Which, awesome! I'm really happy for Twitch and for us. If you want to pay with crypto, you can pay with crypto. Um, as that becomes the standard, we're definitely going to be seeing some uh, interesting things happen. Uh, it is actually worth noting, though, that uh, Microsoft for example, allows users to top up their accounts with Bitcoin, which can be then be used on Microsoft's Xbox stores to pay using crypto on Twitch with a 10% discount. All users have to do is get to the checkout and select pay with BitPay. Look at that. Makes it nice and easy and simple to use, which is the best thing you can do. Uh, yeah, not too much to comment about this, just that it's about darn time, Twitch. All right. Jumping over to number four, uh, Coinbase just reported it now has 35 million users in a new report. Um, it said in its Crypto H1 2020 institutional review that it now operates the largest regulated exchange in the world, and it's continuing to grow. The 35 million user mark, which includes its retail and institutional clients, is up 5 million from last year. So last July, Alistair Mine, CIO of Altna Digital Currency Fund, tweeted a spreadsheet showing Coinbase's growth year on year. Uh, for those of you who can't see the screen, it's almost vaguely resembles an S. We've got a nice little curve up and then almost a straight line and then a flattening curve continuing. But this was last tweeted back in looks like January, July of 2019. So in the past five months it's grown from 30 million users to 35 million users or six months so sorry past year Blah. 
Uh, Coinbase did not say how many users of these users are active users. Some may be dormant. Uh, the Coinbase report added that crypto is also continuing to be adopted by traditional finance, noted that many larger and more conservative institutional investors are allocating for the first time. But this has always been Coinbase's aim. The exchange has its prime platform for financial institutions to trade with business funds, which, hey, that's what they got to do. That's where they see their biggest growth is integrating into the institutions as they exist. I'm more of a possibly burn everything down type of position, but hey, you do you. Uh, Coinbase's review of the cryptocurrency landscape also noted the explosion in DeFi, which we've already touched on today. Uh, last month, it, it listed Comp, and in December, it gave their users the opportunity to earn DAI by operating a collateralized debt position on the Maker platform. The exchange said in the report, while it believes DeFi will be extremely powerful long-term, users should note that the market is still in its infancy, which we also just touched on. So, yeah, Coinbase is the giant in the playground. Uh, Coinbase and Binance, pretty much. So we will see how they continue to push the envelope, old Coinbase. Um, especially with that rumored IPO coming maybe this year. All right, but hopping over to number five. So yeah, if you don't know, residents in the United States are probably going to be receiving a second round of stimulus checks. The first round gave $1,200 to every American over the age of 18 that qualified. Um, there are a lot of caveats, but couples, married couples, would get $2,400. They'd each get the $1,200, and then it was like an additional $500 per child. Um, so there are some families getting close to a $4,000 payout the first time around. Um, so any U.S. residents who invested their first stimulus check in Bitcoin um, have seen a 45.5% return from $1,200 in April to about $1,750 at the time of writing. The cryptocurrency was surging past $10,200, which we haven't even touched on yet. The fact that the markets are going crazy. Uh, however... According to Newsweek, many Americans have reported not receiving the first checks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, with the U.S. Treasury started issuing them in late March, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said the second payments will arrive late August, but that could delay things up to November for some people if they have the same issues. I think it'll go a little bit faster since they know what works and what doesn't, but I don't trust this uh, administration or government to do anything correctly, so we'll see. Uh, the stimulus checks are intended to ease the economic hardship suffered by many U.S. residents who lost their jobs or are seeing much lower income amid the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, based on online responses to the news that another check would be forthcoming, coupled with the recent surge of Bitcoin to more than 10-2, some crypto traders may be thinking another $1,200 investment isn't the worst idea. <laughs> straight to Bitcoin, straight to cold storage, said Reddit user Limited Visibility. Um, yeah, so the announcement that this would be happening um, came just hours before Bitcoin experienced another surge, rising from 99.41 to 10.429 in just four hours. When U.S. officials first announced this back on July the 23rd, Bitcoin rose past 9,500. So they're trying to say that, well, hey, the stimulus checks could drive it up. I don't think that's what it is directly maybe the fact that people are thinking this money will um, help 
people feel more secure, so they're more likely to invest. So it does help the stock market, which does in turn help the crypto market. I don't know. We're going to see where this is going to go. Um, the wife and I are watching it with great anticipation on our end of the spectrum. We'd like a little bit extra cash going into the birth of our child. Yeah, all that fun stuff. But hey, all right. So that does it for five out of ten. So stand up, take a stretch, pace around a little bit, and then uh, let's jump on over to number six. All right, well, let's hop over and talk about China's blockchain service network once again. They've announced they're aiming to integrate over 100 blockchains within a year, and it aims to provide a blockchain hosting platform for individuals and small businesses, acting as a one-stop hub for dApp developers. Oh, yeah. Red Date Technology, the Beijing-based crypto company behind it, is ramping up plans to roll out BSN across the world, not just in China, but the world. They recently announced support for Tezos, Neo, Nervos, EOS, IrisNet, and Ethereum. They've also already integrated Chainlink. Red Date CEO Hei Yifen revealed what, that it's looking to raise that number to 100 public chains within a year. I also like how Revealed has a colon in the middle of it. Way to go, editor. Alrighty. So, the blockchain service network has already made a significant impact since its initial rollout in April, signing up over 6,000 customers. Most of its users are government organizations, businesses, and people based in China who are using it for tasks such as managing supply chains and government documents. The internet according to uh, Hie Hifen, uh, only took off after it became cheap for everyone to build websites. It is our mission to put everything blockchain-related onto BSN platform, ideally to make it cheaper. Uh, Yifen claimed that developers will be able to realize cost savings of up to 90% when it comes to developing blockchain apps on the blockchain service network. You, know, you just, you know, given a little bit of control to a Chinese company, but hey, whatever. So global expansion currently won't be an easy task for BSN. Rising geopolitical tensions have caused pushback over Chinese-made technology from firms such as Huawei in the US, EU, and UK. Yeah, but China doesn't really have to push those countries. They can focus in on Southeast Asia um, and Africa and really gain some ground those are emerging economies. So we will we will see what their strategy ends up being, but that would be the logical assumption I would make. Uh, he explained that the BSN will make money by billing customers for their consumption of cloud storage and will make a profit within three to five years. Uh, the company is still finalizing these plans. So yeah, they're trying to make it um, more cost effective. Hey, you pay you know basically to you know use our cloud services but will help fund the development of your projects on our blockchain, on our blockchains, which they hope to integrate over a hundred. So they're trying to make themselves a one-stop shop. It's just, you know, I've talked about China before. They're really going all in on this blockchain technology. Um, and I really wish the United States would be a bit more aggressive with this right now, because if crypto does become a multi trillion dollar market cap which i think all of us here believe that it will and china has this how is the u.s going to play catch up then so get your butts in gear people but hey can't just 
wax and wane over that. Let's hop over to number seven and talk about Ethereum 2.0. Ethereum co-creator Old Vitalik Buterin has recently stated that he has been pushing for some client teams to develop phase one of the highly anticipated ETH 2.0 upgrade. Uh, he's quoted as saying, I would say there's no unfinished research required for phase one. It's all spec optimization and development. I've been actively pushing for some client team to start developing a phase, start development of phase one ASAP so we can start getting a better understanding of how phase one works in practice. The spec in phase one is actually quite simple IMO, in my opinion. Uh, at least conceptually, most of the hard phase one related things are already done in phase zero. So based off of that, is it possible to think that once phase zero is rolled out and accurate, we could see phase one in less than a year? Because that seems to be what he's saying. They're trying to optimize specs and all this other rollout stuff. And they're just building on top of phase zero. So hopefully, yeah, within six months to a year of phase zero, we'll get uh, phase one. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, the inventor of Ethereum added that the most important challenge for the launch of phase one is the variables. He clarified that sharded P2P networks have never been implemented in the way they will work will be with phase one. Therefore, the teams will be risk will risk facing unknown unknowns. Uh, remarkably, phase one of ETH 2.0 will introduce the roll-up tech, as reported by CNF. Buterin stated that the technology will enable the Ethereum network to process about 100,000 transactions per second. Therefore, Buterin said rollups will be the dominant scaling paradigm for Ethereum in the future, which, whoo, 100,000? That would future-proof Ethereum for, in my mind, generations. But we have no idea what the crypto space of the, this world is going to look like uh, 20 years from now, let alone six months from now. So... But 100,000, I think the most Visa and MasterCard can do, which are the you know the two big credit cards, are 50,000. So be able to double that would be quite nice. And I feel like I'm overestimating Visa and MasterCard right now. Uh, and they're saying the launch of Phase Zero, possibly November. Uh, as a result of all this, numerous core developers of Ethereum have raised their voices and agreed with Buterin that Phase Zero will definitely start in 2020. It's now been confirmed by Afri Schroden, who said a few days ago that Phase Zero will be launched in November unless severe bugs are found. So we're getting there, we're getting there, and that's probably a large part of the reason Ethereum's finally pumping, like really pumping. You factor in DeFi and then this news, Oh, yeah. Alrighty. So, hey, 85% of Italian banks are exchanging interbank data transfer data on Corda. Um, those of you who don't know what Corda is, I actually looked at it. This R3 Corda is an open source blockchain platform that enables businesses to transact directly and in strict privacy using smart contracts, reducing transaction and record keeping costs, and streamlining business operations. They've got a nice little map, and it doesn't have a node on Italy, but it really should because of this. So, Silvia Atanasio, head of innovation at the Italian Banking Association, said the process of interbank reconciliation and the technology underlying the exchange of data had to change. The old system reconciliation took a long time. The average time was between 30 and 50 days. Dear Lord, on Cordota's R3 blockchain, it's, cons it's, it's completed in a day. So it went from 
um, one to two months to a day. So the project is in phase two with about 85% of Italian banks, or 55 banks total, using the platform to share interbank transfer data. The third and final phase is slated for October, and it expects to have 70 to 100 banks on the platform. Uh, the benefit is related to the new standardization more than the technology itself. It's like the rhythm you set on your metronome that sets a faster time. Oh yeah, before Sputna, each bank had its own software for exchanging data related to interbank transfers, said Dimitrio Migliorati, head of blockchain at Banca Mediolanum. Ooh, I love that word, Mediolanum. Um, using Corda for data exchanges between the banks was also lower stakes than moving fiat between banks on a blockchain. Uh, the association did consider a centralized database as opposed to Corda, but wasn't open to having banks keep data on separate ledgers at each bank. Uh, and experimenting with this has allowed them to also be again experimenting with KYC information and guarantees of credit. So yeah, nice little thing that's kind of flying under the radar, Italian banks adopting a variation of blockchain that's not XRP. Um, XRP is designed for international transfers and remittance services, but it looks like Italy's pushed forward with this Corda R3 for an in-country way to reduce remittance times. It's pretty cool. I like it. I love it. Uh, and we should see way more of it. Alrighty. So, according to Ripple's chief technological officer, David Schwartz, uh, XRP was created before a use case was discovered. So this is actually a kind of an interesting one. It gave me a good laugh when I read it. Uh, on the Modern CTO podcast, Schwartz says XRP was created before its developers had any idea what the primary use case would be. What? But okay, let's. I'm gonna read through what he said, and, I'm, and we'll talk about it. So. Well, the key difference and the very first animating idea for what eventually became what we now call X the XRP ledger was proof of work. The mining in Bitcoin wasn't the secret sauce. Uh, we had an alternate theory. What made Bitcoin so amazing was the fact that the data was public and all transaction rules were public. So you don't have to ask anybody else if a transaction is valid or if somebody has a particular amount of Bitcoins or anything. We felt that was the key to key innovation to Bitcoin. So we replaced proof of work with what you call a distributed agreement algorithm, which is an algorithm that is faster and doesn't have the sort of power consumption. So once you say, okay, we've built this new system that works, the next question to ask logically is, what is it good for? What are its advantages? Usually you start with the use case, but when you're building something totally new, you have no idea what people are going to use it for. All you can do is build it and see what it's good for. I um, left out some portions he's actually he's got a lot of metaphors going on so uh, the use case we settled on was payments particularly in the international payments simply because that's where there's pain so you want to find a program that people agree is a problem uh, international payments were so bad particular things like remittances were just so bad that we could still be pretty bad and still be better and that's kind of where I just started I started laughing it's so bad, we could honestly just, like, if we only improved it by 50%, that'd be such a great thing that they'd, they'd go with it, and then we could figure out how to make it better later. Um, but yeah, XRP <laughs> dishing out some things, but it is fair. The, the remittance industry, which we just talked about and are still talking about, 
anything you can do to reduce that time, reduce friction, it reduces cost. Um, XRP and like Cordo R3 and like any of these things are gonna save banks millions and billions of dollars, which they will in turn give to their CEOs. Oh, did someone think I was gonna say pass the savings on to the users? No, no, not they're not. All right, uh, <laughs> jumping into number 10 and the last one on the docket for today. Uh, Chainalysis, the blockchain anal analysis company, announced the launch of Market Intel, which is a new website designed for asset managers and regulators to access live data and insights on cryptocurrency use, the health and growth of the cryptocurrency markets. Uh, Market Intel is powered by Chainalysis's proprietary data, which the company has been systematically collecting and linking to real-world real world entities since 2014. Uh, Big Brother is here, and he is beautiful. So... Financial crime and compliance professionals are already reliant on analysis for on-chain data, which provides insight into transactions registered on the blockchain in contrast to self-reported order book data to detect and investigate illicit transactions. Uh, cryptocurrency is poised to become a mainstream asset class, but asset managers and regulators need data to, and insight into what is actually happening in the markets to meaningfully invest and effectively oversee the space. Uh, Chainalysis has been doing this type of thing since 2014, and I know it makes many of us, including myself, fairly uncomfortable to think about, but it's the world we live in for us to be able to use blockchain as it exists. Firms like this are going to pop up because they can make money by selling it to institutions that want it. Uh, Market Intel is now available in Bay beta beta at no cost with metrics and insights across bitcoin ethereum tether uh, bitcoin cash and litecoin with improvements and additions planned over time according to the website chainalysis is launching the market intel report which will be a weekly email summary of the on-chain events and trends in cryptocurrency focusing on their short-term implications for cryptocurrency markets and long-term evolution of cryptocurrencies as an asset clash clash cat class bleh you can sign up for on the market intel website so pretty interesting we're gonna have to wait and see what uh continues to happen with this market analysis that they're doing but we're not gonna worry about that too much because we got to talk about the coin market cap oh man bitcoin is up 4.37% to $10,326. Ethereum sitting at $321.45, up 4.21%. Uh, Tether's flat. XRP is pretty flat. Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV are both up 3.5%. Um, a little bit over that for Bitcoin Cash. Cardano's actually down 6%. Not sure what's going on there. I haven't seen anything. Plus, they just announced... They're talking about partnering up with Chainlink. What you doing? But they did have a pretty good bull run. They were up in like the 14, like almost 15 cent range there for a hot minute. So a little pullback. It'll happen. Uh, Litecoin's pretty flat. Crypto.com coins up 2.27%. And Binance Coin kicking around at number 10, down 3.62% on the day. Still trading about $18.84 though. It's not too bad for them. Uh, moving into the top 20, Ooh, VET is down almost 12%, 
Tron's down 3%, Stellar's down 6%, Tezos down 10%, Chainlink down 10%. Um, so these altcoins are getting beat up a little bit as Bitcoin skyrockets. Honestly, VeChain at 1.55 cents, that ain't too bad. But yeah, no, that'll do it for today. If you somehow made it all the way to the end, uh, hats off to you. Please make sure to subscribe. At this point, you might as well. Um, and check out the description down below for links to the articles talked about. I mean, seriously, do your own research. Do not trust anything I say. See it for yourself and make your own decisions. But that'll do it for today. Everyone here, enjoy your Monday, and I'll be talking to all of you tomorrow. Peace.